0: Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts.
1: Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life & Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We are also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We believe well-designed employee benefit programs enhance people's lives. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here
2: with my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. Al, how's your day going? Great so far. It's another full day of podcast recording, and we get to talk to a lot of neat people. So again, looking forward to it, and we're right in the midst of it. So looking forward to this podcast.
1: I've always said best thing about the podcast is we get to have these conversations and I almost see it as an excuse outside of regular life just to chat and uh, find out a little more about people's stories because I don't know about you, Al, but I think uh, people's stories are the the most interesting thing I get to hear during you know my workday and during my career. So I'm super pleased to have a returning guest, Dean Bernard from Bernard and Associates. Welcome back to the show, Dean.
0: Thank you. I'm really glad to be here, guys.
1: Yeah, Dean and I have some great conversations. Dean is a, is a client and, and also turned into a friend over the years, and we enjoy having some conversations. And it And it turns out it's a small world. We, uh, we know a lot of the same people, so that was kind of cool to find out. You knew uh, our recent podcast guest, uh, Mark LaFleur.
0: Yes, Mark and I, for uh, quite a while, were hitting the boxing gym together, and so I got to know him quite well through that.
1: Just a great guy. And I don't know if you saw his post. He was featured, I think it was an HSBC video. It was on LinkedIn yesterday. And I just, I love watching this guy. I love to see what he's doing out there. He's just, uh, he's just got such a great message. And so do you, Dean. So pleasure to have you here. And uh, wanted to have you back to the Success Leaves Clues series, because when you're originally on the show, we didn't have this series. So I wanted to have you back and find out a little more about your story and what makes you you. Sound good?
0: That sounds great. I'm happy to share whatever I can.
1: Okay, good. So Dean, as you know, on this series, you know, we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, people running businesses. So where I thought we'd start is, why don't you tell me about the key ingredients or, or driving forces that led you to become an entrepreneur and go down that path?
0: I get asked this question a lot, so I'm happy to answer it. And frankly, I've always been impressed. You know, as a young person growing up, I was always impressed by those people who built something from the ground up. And I've admired people who take risks to create something. And aren't deterred by the setbacks or criticism. My father was in the insurance industry and he'd been moved around to a few locations by his company. And you know, when we got settled into one place for a couple of years and they tried to move him again, he said, you know what? No, I'm I'm not disrupting my family again. I that enough of this and he started his own insurance brokerage and despite many naysayers and some setbacks he succeeded and became well known in the in our community as being one of the leaders in the insurance industry so i think my desire to build something of my own coupled with the example my father set were really the key motivators for me to to build a company
1: so we we definitely share that in common we have a similar story both of our dads were in the insurance industry and i think i think that's where i got it from as well dad came to canada with absolutely nothing two kids in tow. I hadn't arrived yet. And I always joke around with my family that I'm the only true Canadian, the only one born here. But, you know, when you see that work ethic, it definitely hit with all, with all the kids as well. I remember being 11 years old, Dean, and getting my first paper route. And there's nothing special about that, except that with the Sunday sun, you had to be 12. So Tony Robbins would call it using your personal power, I think, and my parents would have called it lying. But I used my personal power to get that paper root. And I, and I think it does. And, and you're likely setting a good example for your kids is being an
2: entrepreneur and willing to put in
1: that work. So that's really cool to see.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'd like to think that for
2: sure. Dean, can you talk a little bit about what inspires you to dream up new ideas or goals? Where do they come from?
0: That's a good question. I mean, innovation to me is is really an important aspect of driving any successful business long term. If you're not constantly innovating and changing, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, you're shrinking. So, you know, my approach to this is it's been quite simple. I look for what people lack or desire and I I try to fill that void with what they want or need. So I look for ways to provide services in a manner that best suits some clients. So Some of them need some things and others don't. So we pride ourselves on staying in our lane of expertise, but just offering more services around that work that we do. So in our case, we focused on innovating how we can deliver our services in new and creative ways. One example of that, we've got some clients who are capable of doing investigations themselves, but they need reassurance. They need some support at certain points in time. So we guide them through the sticking points by offering investigation coaching. We might help them with issues related to evidence or interviewing or report writing. And this investigation coaching allows us to help a client navigate through a tough case with maybe only four or five hours of involvement by us, rather than the 20 to 40 that it might take if we did the whole thing for them. So it's a good fit for some clients. At the same time, it helps the budget conscious clients as well, allows them to grow and take on new skills and new things themselves, but still keeps us in the picture. So that's one way that we've tried to innovate uh, the work we do and apply it in a manner that will work to a broader spectrum of clients.
2: Right. Makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you're adapting to what your client's needs are. And it's obviously working, because certainly in the time that uh, we've been working together, I've seen your company grow quite a bit and how successful you guys are. So whatever you're doing must be working.
0: (laughs) I think so. So far, so good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's always good to hear. Well, Dean, I was thinking about this question
1: because it's a question I've asked a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, and and the response is usually interesting. It usually starts with an eye roll and a sigh. Would you do it all over again? And is there anything you would wish you had known when you started out?
0: Absolutely. It's funny because when I think about this question, the one thing that comes to mind is I I wish I knew not to worry so much. You know, every day I would ask myself, where will I get the next piece of work? You know, who's going to give me more work? You know, And now, as a one-man show in the beginning, I should say, you know, I worried every day and every night about where my next piece of work would come from, and it led to a lot of stress, a lot of sleepless nights back then. And can you imagine how much worrying I'd be doing today, given that I have to keep 13 employees busy with work? So my philosophy and what I've come to learn is that worrying is a useless effort that can make you sick. I would argue that you should never focus on the lack of something in your life whether it's personal or professional. And you mentioned Tony Robbins earlier and and I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins as well and as he said, you know, where focus goes, energy flows. And you know, I believe in the law of attraction. I believe that if you focus on the lack of something, you'll attract more lack. So you have to focus on abundance. You have to focus on having because if we think about it, we will have abundance and we will have things to be grateful for. And when we go to sleep at night, the only thoughts in my head now are all the things I'm grateful for. And I keep focused in that area. And and to me, that's something I wish I had known 17 years ago when I started this company.
1: I love that you touch on, you know, when you go to bed at night, you feel gratitude and you practice gratitude. And that's a very common theme among successful entrepreneurs. One of the first guests we had on this series was Vince Danielson. Vince uh, shared with us one of the practices he does every morning, and it's 10, 10 and 10. And it was 10 minutes of journaling, 10 minutes of practicing gratitude and 10 minutes of meditation. And that's a very common theme. And it's one thing that I try to practice too, and I I genuinely feel it, especially because my dad came to this country and and created opportunity for his kids and me, especially with, with the business. And I think you're right. Practicing that gratitude can really set the tone for your day. And of course, as leaders, I mean, if you look at your team, Dean, really, they are just an amplification of the leadership at your firm. So, if you're practicing gratitude, if you're bringing positive energy and saying, hey, listen, we're not going to worry about this. We're going to focus on growing the business. Then that's going to trickle down to your staff as well. So I think you're creating great leadership there.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. And and uh, you're right. And and my my mornings often start similar to uh, the 10, 10, and 10. Not quite the same, but a very similar process.
1: Okay, cool.
2: Yeah, And I think it's a great message. Again, it's not the first time we've heard it. And it is, especially in this past year, Obviously, it's, it's really easy to get focused on the hardship and the negatives and the challenges. And like you say, if you lose sight of what you should be grateful for and what you do have, it's easy to get dragged down into the, the negative side of things. Dean, you've got a great story about a very satisfying moment in your business. Can you share that with us?
0: Sure. I love this story. I went to a workshop once and there were probably about 5,000 people in the auditorium. And the leader of the workshop asked everyone in the room who'd been in business for over a year to stand up. And there were a lot of business owners in that room. Over 90% of the room was standing. And then he went through a process and he said, you know, remain standing if you've been in business over three years. And about a third of those standing sat down. And then he did the same thing for five years and 10 years and 15 years. And at that time, I'd been in business, you know, just about a week longer than 15 years. And I found myself when he got to the 15 year mark that I was still standing with maybe only 30, maybe 40 other people in the room. And that was less than 1%. And at that moment, I realized that I'd achieved something big. I beat the odds and I built something from nothing that was still standing. And that for me, it was just really satisfying to have experienced that.
2: Congratulations on that. So how long ago was that? How long have you been in business now?
0: Well, we're in our 17th year. Yeah. We'll have completed 17 years in October.
2: Wow.
1: That's Great. Very cool. So, Dean, I think you're likely the same. You, you chat with a lot of people during your days and weeks and years as we as we go along in our careers. And occasionally, I'm chatting with someone and I hear the comment, "You're so lucky you own your own business." Yeah. And you know, oftentimes they don't realize the people you're chatting with don't realize all the obstacles that you're faced because we all we all face them whether we're entrepreneurs or we're or working for another firm. We all face those obstacles. So, what are some obstacles that you, you face personally, and how did you overcome them?
0: Well, that's a a great question. Personally, my journey has been peppered with challenges that aren't unlike those that many people face as they navigate through life, right? I've lost loved ones, experienced significant illness. I've been in accidents. I've had financial ups and downs, but through it all, my focus has been on overcoming those obstacles and pursuing my goals. And, And I do that by honestly, just keeping my eye on the prize. There isn't a single person in my life that wouldn't want me to be happy and successful in whatever I choose to pursue. Now, I'm not naive to think that I don't have what some people like to call haters, but I give them no attention. I give them no energy. People like that are not part of my life. My focus is on being happy, pursuing my dreams, the support of my wife who thinks just like I do has been critical to our success and happiness, both in business and personally. So you know, I believe there is no obstacle. I can't climb over, under, or smash if I have to. You just have to have that positive viewpoint and be ready to take on whatever obstacle you are face. And it's the obstacles that help us grow. It's what makes us better, stronger, more accomplished individuals.
1: I think that's great advice. And I'll, and I'll share with you, because we haven't chatted about this before, I have a rule for myself. I'm allowed to get frustrated. I'm allowed to get upset. I'm allowed to even become defeated for a short period of time. And usually that's a day or overnight. And then usually when I wake up the next day, I say, okay, I had my time. I felt that way. Now it's time to move on and figure out a way. And one of the things that I've always believed in is my mind or my brain will always find a way. There's always a way and maybe I can't do it by myself, but there are people to reach out to. And luckily I have two other business partners that I routinely will reach out to and say, Hey, I got this crazy idea. What do you think? And they'll get inside. Usually it'll evolve into something better than I had even anticipated. So I think that's great advice.
0: It's funny that when you talk about the same thing I did that, that you know, you're, you're going to inevitably encounter issues and a great saying that I like, and I'm not even sure who said it, but the saying that, you know, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And it's how we deal with the pain that we experience in life that will do that.
2: I think that's a great message. And one of the things that I always tell myself, you know, failing does not mean you're a failure, right? And further to that, I always say, if you're not failing, at least some of the time, you're not trying hard enough stuff. Right, right. because if you're always successful, then you're probably just trying to do really easy stuff because you got to fall down sometimes and then you got to pick yourself up. So I think that's great. One question that we have asked many of our guests on this particular series, Dean, and and I'm going to ask you, looking back, you've been in business now 17 years, again, you've grown a very successful business. Obviously, just like we talked about, you've had your struggles, you've had your obstacles. If you had one piece of advice to give a new entrepreneur, someone just starting out, what would it be?
0: I would say put most of your focus on how you will get business. I think that new entrepreneurs often think that, you know, and I'm going to date myself when I say this, but they've got that sort of field of dreams kind of mentality. If I build it, people will come. And the reality is that our energy has to go into how we will attract the business. The truth is that most entrepreneurs fall in love with the service or product that they offer. And it's good to have that passion for what you offer, but make no mistake, no matter how great your service or product is. The initial focus needs to be on having a plan to attract people in the first place. A great product or service will go a long way to keeping customers, but getting them in the first place is where the strategy needs to be. And the effort should never stop because I can tell you, you know, since that workshop I talked about earlier, we've doubled the company in terms of the number of employees and almost tripled it in terms of our revenue. Now imagine in two years, we achieved double what we did in the previous 15. And one of those years was during a global pandemic. We did this by setting high standards, providing excellent customer service and developing raving fans. But behind all of that was the key step of never taking our foot off the accelerator of attracting new clients. That to me is is where it all begins and ends.
2: Yeah, so true. And it is, again, easy to get in that trap of falling in love, as you say, with your product or your service and forget about going out there and, and attracting new people.
1: That's a great message. I love the part about creating raving fans and to your point dean i mean we try to do that for our clients as as well but we also try to do it internally with our team we ripped apart our mission vision values that we wrote in 2005 this year and we rewrote it and, and came up with our guiding principles instead and there are six of them and starting at the top every single one leads down to that wow experience for the client. so if you're doing the first five that wow experience is almost guaranteed and we really hold everyone accountable to those guiding principles from our team ourselves we hold ourselves to those standards as well as our suppliers and even our clients because it is a two-way streak and 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 we are looking for partnerships out there so i love that message it sounds like you're doing all the right things to create those raving fans not only for your clients but also for your team as well so kudos to you
0: No thanks we're certainly always working at it that's
1: for sure Well, Dean, this is exactly why the audio we got today. And I'm and I'm so glad to have you back on the show. And this is precisely why I think your story is such a powerful one, especially for new entrepreneurs coming into the marketplace and and wondering, hey, how's life going to look in the next 10 to 15 years? And I think the messages that you have shared with us, and 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 it's not all great. There's ups and downs, as, as you said, but I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of good information here. So thanks so much for joining us today, Dean, and sharing your story. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions? about yourself or what you're doing at Bernard Associates?
0: Well, you can go to our website, which is www.benardinc.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Dean Bernard, and you can email me at dbenard at Just remember, Bernard is B-E-N-A-R-D. I've lived my whole life with people <laughs> wanting to throw that extra Bernard, arm. yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I've done that myself, sending you an email like, oh, that's not it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) so it's B-E-N, we got it, so that's great. All right, that does it for today's episode. As always, I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn or Clubhouse now as well, we're on there. Success leaves clues, my friends, and remember, it all starts with one.